What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Middle got no voice left at the combine. A call. Hey, B. Hey, Now on the podium, six foot seven, 228 pounds. Wide receiver from Promo Code Ham University. Paper but a middle goal. How you doing over we there, make, bud? We make plays, guy. We make plays. <laughs> Ball so hard university and promo code ham university playing in the championship. Doing good. I just uh I, I had a late one. Combine is coming to a close. For your boy, going to get on a jet airline. What's your what's your closest turnover on a connector that you've ever looked down and went, "Whoa, is thirty minutes enough time?" I've definitely had ones where I'm deplaning as the other one's boarding. Yeah. So, but this is a planned thirty minutes. I think it's like maybe it's like thirty-eight minutes, but that's pretty short, isn't it? Now, John, you're flying. Now, as you know, you know you're flying, flying against the wind, west to east or east to west. And Greg Pop will tell you that's a longer flight. Trade wins. Greg Papa. Uh, who was I talking about Greg Papa with? Oh, Darius Hayward Bay. Barry resident. Uh, ran into him, was bullshitting. He's boys with, obviously, he knows Greg from the Raider days. Lives in San Ramon or Danville or one of those places. So, uh, yeah, Greg Papa always finds his way to come up. It, the other thing is, I, I notice I get some weird looks from just a couple unknown people. Where it's like a couple people with the Chargers have kind of eyeballed me weird. I don't know anyone with the Chargers, but it's like if you just kind of keep your ear to the grindstone, maybe you just hear things, right? Yeah. These people are sensitive. You hear people talking shit. And I've talked a lot of shit about a lot of people here. But, like, so you just never quite know. Is he just an asshole or is he thinking, well, did I say something about him? Or, like, is that one of the Spanos' kids? I I don't know. But, like, Vance Joseph, who I've shit on as a coach, has said hi to me multiple times. Like, he's got no clue. And, and you know that what's the natural reaction? Be like, listen, Vance, I know you're saying hi, you're a nice guy. You probably shouldn't do that to me. I've been a dick to you. I don't think you're a good coach. Or do you just say, hey, coach, and you just keep walking? Yeah. 
<laughs> that's what you do. And hey, it might coach. be it might not be that their ears to the grindstone or that they heard things third hand. They might have just seen you on Cowherd ripping them. You know, maybe you ripped somebody on Cowherd. That's possible. It's, yesterday. It's funny. Could have been yesterday. I, could have, I you asking, could have said if I was Herbert, I'd run from the Chargers yesterday. I was asking Collins, Collins, like guest booker was here, Dave. And uh, we're just talking. You know, he's like, oh, you know, the Eagles like him. The, obviously, Andy likes him. The Ballard and the Colts like him. And he's like, oh, the Browns, they hate him. He's like, <laughs> the Raiders, they despise him. Uh, then he went through like four teams. Like, yeah, we'll never get that guy. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, well, in fairness, the Raiders hate everybody. Uh, the Chargers, like, what are you supposed to say about them? And, like, you know, you rip on Baker Mayfield. What are you going to do? They have a new coach every year. Like, I, I ran by the uh, – I just you just kind of keep your ears open. And your, your mouth shut around here, and it's hard for me to do, but I, I try. You can just pick up little nuggets like walk by the Browns PR guy, and then another reporter's like, hey, I saw Freddie Kitchens last night. And that guy's like, whoa, I haven't seen Freddie since he was cleaning out his office. It's just, this whole thing is just kind of weird. Like everyone just gets fired, you know, and well, just people but, but don't see each other. Every, everyone fakes friends. It's weird. Well, yeah. I also think it's just like when you go to a th- – when anyone listening goes to like Thursday night meet up at the bar with their coworkers – what happens? You talk about all the same shit you talk about at work. So this is just everybody's coworkers are much more famous. At the bar, no one knows who you're talking about when you say Jeremy always shows up late. He's a dick. But at the combine, you talk about Jeremy shows up late. You probably talk, you might be talking about Jeremy Shockley. I don't know. You're just talking about somebody everybody knows. But they're, at the end of the day, it's humans talking about coworkers, which is like dominates human conversation during the course of a weekday. Well, one of my go-to moves if I'm trying to impress or just kind of act like I belong, you always just get the round, you know, especially like you ever go on a date for the first time or you're trying to impress a girl, you always pick, you know, pick up the bill, even though people have told me that I think a lot more younger people go Dutch or whatever, and it's yeah. not as offensive, but I never do. I, I don't subscribe to that, but definitely with you. I, always, I always pick up the bill. If I'm with people that most situations that are below me or above me. Well, last night somehow, and it's just my natural reaction. I'm like, I got it. And I look, it's Deuce Daly. It was his birthday. I mean, the Eagles tweeted out. And it was you, Deuce you, Daly's you birthday. You go way back with Deuce, right? He's my guy. I got no problem, you know, buying a shot, even though it was like 1942 special tequila. It's like $30 a shot, but whatever. I don't even care. But then I, I get Doug Peterson. I'm just thinking, like, after I buy the drown, I'm like, this guy has a contract extension. He's a fucking Super Bowl champ. He played in the He would have gladly bought the round. Like, what am I trying to – who am I acting this for? Like, my own <laughs> self-esteem? Like, I don't need to be doing this. Mike Silver's behind me, and it's just like, he's a Davis guy. Davis, like, what does he yeah. want? Vrabel's. Then Vrabel looks at me. He's like, what do you want? But I already had a round. That was a cool moment. He is, I, I think he's the coolest guy here. Like, just so, cool factor is high for him. So you, you have elevated. We're going to talk. We're going to play part two of our conversation with Albert Breer. If you missed part one, a lot of 49er stuff in part one. Listen to the last podcast. We're going to play part two. One of the things Breer talks about is Brady and the Titans and the Raiders so after meeting Vrabel, um, now is he cutting? Is his mustache? Is he committed to it despite the fears of coronavirus? People have said, "Cut your beard, coronavirus, get rid of your mustache." Is is he backing down? What's his situation? Well, I would say this: the one thing that I you know, football guys live in a bubble. Football guys think a lot about football. If you ask the football guys in the room, media included, really, media would probably be a little more locked in, but just the coaches and the scouts about coronavirus, the stock market, and a free tumble, they would have no idea. If you asked Vrabel, the corona, he'd be like, lights? That would be his response. What? They just, they're too locked in. You know, he was just 
Deuce was fawning over their ability to slam people in the run game. Just a lot of run, <laughs> or a lot of run game talk. You know what? Yeah. You know what excites yeah. football guys is what? when a team has like established their will, and you're like an old school football guy, and they did it the way that you want to do it deep down back in the day that you were able to. Now it's like you got to pass, you got to pass. But a lot of these guys, especially the running backs or the physical defensive guys, they love running the ball. And there's nothing like when Deuce looks at Mike and he's a little drunk and he goes. Mike, I love the way you guys played. I God, I loved it. And Mike, you can see Mike's like, thanks, man. It means a lot coming from you. Mm-hmm. And just just their shared love of just mm. slamming people with the outside and inside zone. You know, I, I like now that you say that, John, it crystallizes for me why I love teams that run the ball so much. Why you love I think both of us love the same kind of classic pro style offense. It's aspirational. Because I'm I couldn't push anybody around in the run game. So I, I, I aspire if I love a team that runs the rock, it makes me tougher. You know what I mean? So it's an aspir- I'm a fan of a run game aspirationally, I think. Well, then think about like w- w- guys like me and you like it because we're as- we wish we could relate to the physical nature. I've never road graded anybody except yeah, for my think- younger sisters. So think about when Deuce, who is a physical <laughs> between Actually, the tackle runner, a guy. And Vrabel, who is a middle linebacker, like that, they actually are tough guys that like mm. to implement the strategy. It'd be like a, like, I love the way you guys, like, giving a Navy SEAL a fist bump. Well, that the Navy SEAL that actually did it, you'd be like, God, he's a really true badass. Like, I love what he does, but I love right. him because I can't do what he does, but the Navy SEAL actually does what he does. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of football guy love. Uh, all right, so we're going uh, gonna to play the Albert Breer. When we're done, we're going to talk about every – we're going to hit on multiple Breer points. We'll start with the Brady news. When we talk, when you interviewed Breer the other day, there had not been the Jeff Darlington news yet. But when you, you listen to Breer, he's going to say a lot about that, the relationship with uh, John's buddy, Mike Vrabel, and also the relationship between Tom Brady and the Raiders is a positive one. So let's take a listen uh, to Albert Breer. Derek Carr, what's your take on the situation? So, you know, I'm going to give you an analogy here. I think they're on, like, it's like where they are with Derek Carr, it's like being on a month-to-month lease. Um, So when my wife and I were buying a house, um, we had this, we we, we were living in the city and we were on a month-to-month lease, and it gave us this enormous advantage because we didn't need to be out of our apartment at any given point. There was never a pressure point where it was like, okay, we got to get something done. And so... Like that allowed us to sort of look at the market and just kind of pluck what we wanted to pluck, and we didn't have to deal with the deadline or anything else. And I sort of like think that that's like where the Raiders are, where you're out of the guaranteed money on Derek Carr. You can go to year to year now. You're happy with what you have, but you can sort of pluck the next one whenever you're ready to. And so I think Derek Carr, in an interesting way, has given them a massive amount of flexibility. And that's where I think like Mike Mayock's being earnest when he says like we're looking to upgrade every position. That's the way they're approaching quarterback is, like, we're good with Derek Carr for right now. We can win with Derek Carr. Derek Carr can run John Gruden's offense. We're cool. I, but, you know, I think they're going to be constantly looking for upgrades. They kicked the tire, tires on Kyler last year. They t- kicked the tires on Dwayne Haskins, on Drew Locke. Um, and, I, you know, I'd expect they're going to kick the tires on all the rookie quarterbacks this year. Um, you know, give Tom Brady they got two picks. They can I'm, move up. I mean, Tom Brady obviously would be somebody who'd be in the mix there, um, especially given you know some of the relationships that Brady has with some people in the building. 
And um, and then you know I, I think who the are other, those relationships? I mean, well, Mayock knows him, yeah. you know, and so there is I, like Mayock was around the Patriots a lot <laughs> over yeah. the over the last decade or so, and so Mayock and Brady aren't strangers. Um, John did a lot of Monday night games. John, I'm sure, with yeah, the I mean John knows him too. So could that work? I, I look at John's experience with it, with older quarterbacks, and it makes me want to say yes. Obviously, he wins the Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. You know, Rich Gannon wins the MVP under him. So, I, you know, I, I look at John's history, and it tells me, yes. Um, the thing about Brady, that offense is so bastardized, and bastardized in a good way, right? You're like, talking the New England the offense. New England offense. Yeah. It's not the Charlie Weiss offense anymore. It's not the Ron Earhart offense, The Dan, whatever you want to call the it's roots It's this hybrid it. they've created. It's, it's just it's, it, it's been Brady's for so long that it's just Tom Brady's offense. And so how willing would John Gruden be to sort of step aside and let him run Tom Brady's offense? Um, could they merge the two? I mean, is there a way to do that? You know, there's a – to me, that's, I mean, the biggest – You wrote he's willing to leave. Yeah. Right? He's open to it. Yeah. For the yeah. first time in forever. Well, and I, and I think it's – I mean, right now where it's at, I, you know, he's willing to return to New England on a certain set of terms. The Patriots are willing to have him back. Bill Belichick's willing to have him back on a certain set of terms. The, now what it's going to come down to is Brady and Bill sitting down and figuring out, can my terms match with his terms? From what you've heard, if Tom, that let's say they don't match, Tom calls Mayock and says, I'm in. Is he their quarterback? I think so. And then Derek's cut or traded? I think they try to trade him and then cut him if they can't. You just can't have two quarterbacks at that price. If you had roster. to put a percentage on it, if – if Brady were to leave the Patriots, I'd put what behind, chances would the Raiders have to land? I'd put them maybe even with the Chargers behind the Titans. Um, the relationship between Mike Vrabel and Tom Brady is very, very strong. Um, they're legitimately friends. I covered them when they were teammates. Um, that's not fake. Like yeah, that exists. That's real. Um, so you want to do business though with your friends because he's had a he's had a unique yeah, relationship I, with but Bill. I, but, I, but I think, but I think. I think Vrabel could appeal to Brady. This is just me talking, but well, the I, team's good too. I think Brady. I like this is, and again, this is just me talking. Um, but I, I think Brady. I think Vrabel could appeal to Brady by saying, "Like, let's go shove it up, like Bills, you know what, um, together." Tom Brady, know? no. And I think there'd be, I think, I think there'd be appeal to Brady for that. Like, they, I think they'd be willing to do some things to accommodate him. They have a first-year offensive coordinator, a guy going into his second year now, and Arthur Smith, who's incredibly bright who's been a part of a lot of different systems, so maybe he'd be a little bit more flexible to do what Tom wants. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Jack Conklin. They'd have to bring him back, but two first-round picks at tackles. A.J. Brown, um, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Jonu Smith. Running back, keep Derek him. Henry, if they keep him. I mean, like, they've got – it's set up in a certain way where, I mean, it would be an attractive thing. And the other thing is, is that – you know, Brady's going to settle his family in the New York area. He's got a son who lives there already. And, I mean, you know, he's not traveling commercial. On a private jet, Nashville's probably, what, like an hour and a half from New York? God. It'd be pretty easy to get back and forth, a little harder if you're in Vegas or in, or in L.A. Cam Newton, for, for the Raiders, do you think they would have interest in taking Cam over Derek, or is the injuries too big of a question mark? It's a great question. I hadn't really thought about that one. I thought more. Like, That's one I've kept my eye on. Yeah, I mean that w- that would be interesting. Sexy sell in Vegas. He's a star, right? And and I mean, would see John? John wants to run a lot of different things on offense. There's a lot of volume to John's yeah. offense. The, my my question would be, like, 
you know, that's never been who Cam is. And that's not to say he can't process or, he, but it's just they, they've never, the, the Panthers were always, the complexity was in their running game, not in their passing game. Yeah. You know, that was just the way it was set up to suit Cam best. And so I would be fascinated to see how Gruden would adjust to make it work for Cam. Would you say Rivers would, I would imagine, I guess, because. When they played the last time, Gruden loves him. I mean, he's Gruden's type player. But I think that Rivers, I don't know him personally, but he's an old-school football yeah. guy. The rivalries mean something to him. Yep. I get that they moved on from him, but do you think that would even be an option on his list or is just that, that division he just Yeah, I don't know. Away? I mean, like, I don't think – like so where Rivers moved his family is um, – Florida. Is in the panhandle of. So there's no team that's that close. Like, I think Jacksonville and, um, and New Orleans would be the two closest. They're like four hours away a piece. I think Tampa's six hours away. Um, Nashville is close to where he grew up. Um, he an option I, for them? I, I, I don't think that. So I don't think that. I I, I don't think geography is going to be an overriding thing. But I like I do wonder would he want to stay out west? Yeah. Um, if there was an opportunity in say Indianapolis, in Nashville or in Tampa, where would you put your money on him going right now? I mean, Indianapolis makes. I think Indianapolis is the one he wants. Yeah. Because of Nick Sirianni and because Frank Reich are here. Um, so I think Indianapolis would be the one he wants. I don't know if Indianapolis wants him, and th- that part of it will be interesting. Um, and then the other one would be Tampa. I think he liked Tennessee, but I just I don't see the Titans doing that. I think t- the Titans are probably Tannehill or Brady. Okay, I'll get you out of here on this. How many quarterbacks in the first round? Oof. Uh, let's say four. Um, I, you know, I think you know Burrow and two are locks. Herbert's a lock. I, I think Herbert probably goes somewhere in the top 15 picks. Um Oh, you don't think he's like a locked top five or six pick? I, I've just heard a lot of things divided on him. And, I mean, maybe you'd know better about this, but it feels to me like there's a lot of pinning stuff on the Oregon coaches. Yeah. And um, that part of it's interesting to me. I, I know that there are some guys who think he's overrated. Their personnel wasn't good. Wide, no yeah. draftable wide receivers. Running backs first time in Oregon forever suck. You yeah. Know? Right. He did not have Tua or uh, Burroughs right. supporting cast. Right. And so, like, I think but – but I'd say, like, I mean, like, like, look, there's, it depends on what you, you know, who you talk to with him. I think some people don't think he can move around well enough. Like, even though he's a great athlete, like he doesn't, he's not the most agile guy in the pocket. You yeah. know, he's obviously got like a big he can long, run straight, but just yeah, movement. Yeah. And like, and he's, his, his consistency, his accuracy is, is inconsistent. So, um, you know, I think he goes probably somewhere in the top 15, maybe higher. I mean, I think he could go as high as like five or six. Um, and then, I think Jordan loves the one wild card. What I keep hearing on Jordan Love is that there are going to be teams that are going to fall in love with him and they're going to clam up about it, which is exactly what happened with Pat Holmes. Yeah. Pat Mahomes. And so I I'm not saying this guy is Pat Mahomes, but I think the element of like he's a little bit of a wild card. Didn't Josh Allen draft. have some of that with him yeah, too? Yeah, I mean like it's just you know, I, I think that there's he's one that like you look at him and you say, Okay, like he's got a big arm he's a good athlete and then i think you can do some of the same justifying he did with herbert which is well there's a new coaching staff there this year his production was not good but it, not there's good a new coaching staff here the team around him was bad like this isn't really his fault and so i think with both those guys you with both those guys i think they're both the sort of players that like teams look at them and they see everything they need to see it just takes them a lot of tape to get there my 36 hours here, I feel confident saying he's a lock first rounder. Jordan Love, yeah. yeah. I don't know I, where, but, but I think those he's four. Going. I think those four, and then, I mean, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm. Yeah, it's like there's some there, there's decent depth. Like Fromm, somebody I would definitely keep an eye on for the Raiders. 
because from what I understand, he can ha- handle a ton of volume, which is yeah. what Gruden wants to run. Um, Getting and, the later rounds, like and, third and or listen, fourth. And listen, like he's – I mean – I'm not he a fan. Be, he be, but he beat out Jacob Easton and Justin Fields, and I think there's something to be said for that. That's a good point. That, that's valued in a draft room yeah. for sure. Before we uh, move on and talk about what he had to say, John, let's just tell the people this podcast is brought to you by Upstart. Our friends at Upstart.com are here to help you because Upstart is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Upstart.com slash ham guy. A lot of people. I've been there. You've been there. I'm with a lot of people at the Combine. Well, the coaches probably haven't been there in a while. But there are media people probably have been there that have a big, big credit card debt. You're paying huge numbers on your interest rate on that debt. That's where Upstart comes in. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. The best part is, guy, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, guy. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit card bills and meet their financial goals. I've had it hanging over my head. It can be stressful. You don't want to be stressed out over money because you want to be kicking ass at whatever you're trying to do. But when you got money hanging over your head, it can, it can, it can wear you down, guy. And that's where our friends at Upstart.com come in. They pay off that credit card debt, and then you pay them a much lower rate. It's a win-win. See why Upstart's ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Hurry to Upstart.com slash ham. Find out how low your rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's Upstart.com slash ham. All right, so let's start talking about – we'll talk about all the things that Breer hit on there. But let's start with the thing that's become the news of the day on Thursday, John. After Jeff Darlington had the ESPN report that um, – Brady is operating under the belief that he will enter free agency to play somewhere other than New England next season, a sentiment that the quarterback has shared with others. While Brady has his eyes very clearly on free agency, there's still a belief in his circles that the Patriots will have an opportunity to convince Brady to stay put, but at this point, Brady's evaluating the NFL landscape with the intention of departing. Schefter adds to that, um, once the new CBA is agreed to, then Brady and Belichick can discuss everything, including how a contract could be structured. So you take that recent report combined with what Breer said about the strong relationship between Brady and Vrabel, um, and then also also the Raiders stuff. I mean, there's a couple things there, right? You hear what Breer says, it makes the Tennessee stuff even more believable, and you also hear what Breer says, it makes the opportunity for the Raiders to take a shot at Brady more believable. I, I just don't see the San Diego Chargers or the L.A. Chargers as a viable option. So to me, it would be a two-team race. It would be the Raiders and it would be the Titans. Someone said there was uh, some reports out of New England when I was out last night that Tom would consider the Giants, but their team's too shitty. Like, their team's yeah. just... I had a buddy tell me last night he thinks they have a bottom five roster in the league, so that just makes zero sense. Like, I get... Yeah, to me, John, you leave the Patriots in part because you think there's somewhere else that gives me a better chance or just as good a chance R- Rap to win Rapsheet did yet. report that the Patriots haven't really engaged them. So is it like, he's just like, these guys even want me? I, there would be an element, like, if you put yourself in Tom's shoes, it's like, are you guys, you guys aren't going to fucking call me? I'm Tom fucking Brady, right? I mean, I get this is how you act with everyone else, but this is how you're going to act with me? I, so I wonder if the human element of just the disrespect, like, fuck these guys, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not playing this game. I don't need to get my ass kissed, but I don't know what's going on in the background. Sounds like a vacuum. Yeah, I just think that I kind of think Tom's gone. And I don't think Bill, I, I just ran into Peter King. 
He's like, listen, I don't know anything, but how would you not believe that Bill might just be over him? 43-year-old quarterback, just time to move on. So have a clean break. Like, go play somewhere else. And just bet that more than likely 43, 44 years old will not be the most memorable years that you'll get, you know, shit on for letting him leave. <laughs> right. Because you could argue it's it's yeah, a risky I mean, move. Like, it's a no-brainer for the Raiders. They would have to do it for business reasons, and he's Tom Brady. But is this pretty loud? Can you hear that? Okay. No, you're fine. I mean, we can hear it. But that there's a chance he's not good. Like, th- there is a chance that Derek Carr would be more functional for them next year than Tom, given that he can't move, given that maybe he just falls off a cliff. Now, the thing that's different, we said it as a bunch, that his arm strength is not a, is not a problem, right? Peyton couldn't throw at all. Like, one of the knocks right now when I talk to friends about Rivers, they're like, well, God, last year just – his arm's always been shitty, but it looked a little worse. And then the picks. Like, Tom's not really throwing picks. He did throw a couple bad ones this year. But for the most part, he's not a big pick guy. And the arm is good. It's, he just can't move. And then and then, the, the aspect of learning a new offense, unless you let him just bring his offense. But part of that is you have to teach all the other players the offense guy, the, the, the hot routes, the audibles, the – mid-play changes, the protections. That's a complicated what, what what term did I hear someone use it? We were making fun of it the other day. Oh, Sean McVay used it. The onboarding of a player. The 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 on onboarding, the, the onboarding yeah. of the offense for all the other fucking players. Like Kerr used Steve. Everyone's Curry been used using it. it. Is it like some hot word right now? It feels like Well it's just, it's a super tech it's a super tech word, so everyone go. You go to like a big conference, you know, the sports and the tech thing, where everyone's crossing over. So, the, you, that's I don't you even. Hear does it. this work? The onboarding of the offense would that not be the way to use it? I think what you do is you onboard the individual. Yeah. So like Brady's onboarding, you know, during the onboard period. Yeah, I. But maybe the Raiders have to be onboarded to his offense. You know, maybe that's the way it goes. I shouldn't we take a moment here? This is something that I've noticed, John, does not happen a lot. Are you madder now than the media was earlier when Diet Pepsi ran out in the media room? I saw that. Tweet I just don't. I just don't. Well, I love Tom Petty. He's like one of my go-to serious XM channels, number thirty-one. I just don't get why we got to be. I don't even hear it, it honestly. Yeah, it's, it's loud for me, but it, whatever. Hold on, I, let's take a listen. I can focus. Can you? Oh yeah. What, 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 yeah. What, are they unveiling a product? Is this a product release? And I ain't got Saber wings. putting out their new triangle, their pyramid. Learning to fly. All right. Uh, okay. Please, God. So I think one thing that um, that's, that has not been talked about enough here, and, and by the way, I would take Brady in a heartbeat if I were the Titans. Well, the Raiders and the Titans are taking him in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat yeah, if yeah. you're the Raiders. But there, there is a risk involved. But, but with here's the thing teams. that has – so, and I think that what you just said probably gets dismissed. Because with them, they don't, you know, like the Titans don't have an. What's their alternative? Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, is he a Super Bowl? Is he going to win you a Super Bowl, or are you still going to be looking for your next? Got him to the AFC. Got him to the AFC Championship guy. I I know. One two road playoff games. So here's one hundred yards in both. Here's what does not really get discussed a ton. Why is the man who we widely view as the the greatest coach of all time not desperate to keep Tom Brady? I would say first 
reaction when you ask that question would just be age. When he doesn't a- have a- Jimmy age. Garoppolo just sitting age. there. Just age. Like, it is the age. He's 40 fucking three. Just age. That, to me, would be my gut. But instinct. it's not like he's got Jimmy there. Well, he can just transition. It's not like he's got Jimmy sitting there. He can just pivot. To who? Figure it out. To what? <laughs> yeah, it might be that Brady still can play, that Bill still thinks Brady can play, but he needs to get another guy on the field in the interest of the future. That Bill is not about to retire in two years, and he's got to find the next guy. Jameis? That could be. Yeah. He... Jameis. I, I, the thing with Tom is that... Is, is Bill about to make a move for a quarterback in the first round? Like, does he love Jordan Love? But he's picking in the 20s, so to move up that far... Well, I know. He's going to have to... I, yeah, I, know. I, I, I believe that someone told me this yesterday that covers the Titans, or lives in Nashville. Yeah, he covers the Titans. He's like, the Titans, their biggest star they've had in a couple decades right now is Derrick Henry. He's an elite player, and when you factor in, he's from Bama, the, the premium program in the South, and they're in the South. Like it's, He's like, Derrick Henry means a lot to this kind of operation, just from a business standpoint. Like He is a star for them, right? I, it, it's hard for us even to comprehend like how big some of the – Derrick Henry was a superstar at Alabama in SEC country. Like, the best player in the SEC. Nashville is SEC country. The Titans fans are all SEC fans. Like, that means a lot to him. He's like, if you could add Brady and keep Henry, it would be the like their version of like an NBA superstar tandem. Because Derrick Henry, for them, moves the needle. Like, he's like, everywhere you look, the jerseys are out there. Like, it's hard. We can't fathom that on the West Coast. Like, maybe like if Christian McCaffrey had been a Niner, but he, it still wouldn't be the same. It would not even close. Now he might be a better player, or whatever. But you just you know what I mean, like the fandom. It would have been like if Luck ended up as a Niner, yeah, kind of thing. But he's like, you add Brady to that. I mean, it'd just be like fuck. The Titans would be like cha-ching. And and I think it's easy from a Vrabel standpoint. Like that's his boy, as Breer was saying. John Robinson, Patriot guy. They have the Patriot way. A lot of Patriots on the roster. Then I think you kind of get the best of both worlds. You're like, I think we're equipped to make a run this year. We're going to fucking sell out, and we're going to be just a rock star show. And I think Brady can go, you know what? This notion that he, like, needs some big market, and I've been saying it, what if he's like, actually, I kind of, Nashville's a little more low-key, right? I don't have everyone just breathing down my neck. No, I think Vegas, yeah, Vegas, I don't Vegas, think he needs Vegas would be like that, too, right? There's not going to be a million reporters in Vegas, are there? I guess if Tom was there, a lot of people would want to go cover him nonstop. Yeah. Um, which, so let's get to that part of this. The relationship with the Raiders, like Breer, Breer, it wasn't just listening to his voice, not just the words he said, but the way he said it. It's not like he's just saying, "Yeah, Mayock and Brady like each other," they or they know each other. Um, it sounds like he thinks there's something there, even though we put them below the Titans. Given everything that we've now heard and read over the last few weeks about his relationship with the with uh, with Vrabel, I. Everybody is below the Titans. Outside, maybe the I don't know where the Patriots fit in there. Maybe they're even with the Titans at this point. But um, do you think the Raiders? Yeah, man. If if the market if the market's not a big part of it, then I would put the Raiders above. I was the Chargers. thinking about this. Do you think the Raiders get asked a million questions because these rumors are out there, and we just question whether they like Derek more than like no one even wastes time asking Bill O'Brien about Deshaun Watson, or even if you go to like Jimmy. Do you think like the Niners do a better job of shooting it down more concretely? 
or just people don't think like they're trying to get rid of Jimmy? Like, why do the Raiders, why can't they just ever end it? Because they don't really want to? Like, do, do you think they do a good enough job with their words yeah. to end yes. it? Yes. You follow me? Uh, well, you can't end something that's not ending. Yeah, I do follow you. I think it's a good question. I, they don't end it because it's they don't want it. Not it's not that they they want the discussion ended, but they're not going to out and out say Derek's not going anywhere because that wouldn't be. Tr- they don't know. They can't say that. Bill O'Brien. Can you, so say you think it's you Kyle think it's easier for Kyle it. to make that concrete statement because it's true, right? It's like yes. Jimmy's going to be our quarterback next year, and then it's, what else are you going to ask? The Raiders never real. They're like, well, we still we love Derek. But they're never like, he's the starter week one, stop asking. If they said something like that, then you kind of would. But they are never going to say that because, like you said, they, at the end of the day, know that might not be true, and then they look like idiots by saying it, and it's not worth it. And they know it might, yeah. You you forwarded me the – It might be true. You forwarded me the the video today. Every fucking coach did a talk that talked in a normal place. Gruden, I don't know, did it in like a cafeteria. I, I didn't get the invite to that. And you can just tell, like, it's just they're playing both sides. It's not even arguable. Even Raider fans have to admit, like, kind of what they're doing. Like, they, they have to prop them up and in, in case, like, if they get Tom or I guess there might be a couple sleepers. Like, who know? I don't know what they think of Jameis or Cam or a guy like that. But you just – you can never – you never underestimate John. And that's – when I talk to a bunch of people, on the football guy with rankings, people love Mayock. Football guys love Mayock, right? Just because he's one of them. Like you, like I saw Mayock at an Oregon game, or I saw Mayock at this school call. People like love being around him. Because why? Because if you're a football guy, you just want to talk about other players. What does Mayock love doing? Talking about players. And he's a nice guy. People, he's very highly thought of. And it always gets back to you. Just John's the wild card. That's everything I keep hearing. John's the wild card. Right? Not that I, I'm not even necessarily specifically talking about Tom, but just in general with their quarterback situation. Oh, okay. Because someone told me that knows Mike. He's like, I do think Mike's coming around a little bit, knowing that I don't know if it's a Hail Mary might be too big of a like that's they have a better chance than a Hail Mary to land Tom. But it's still like a it's not a third and fifteen wasp. It'd be like probably fourth and twenty. It'd be a pretty big upset still if they landed Tom. So I, what I heard is Mike is kind of understanding, like, Derek is still a way better option than, like, we have a better chance of winning next year with Derek than Jameis or something, you know, stuff like that. That I think Mike's come around on him just after watching all these players. If Tom doesn't happen, that I think they've come to grips, like, Derek just might be their quarterback next year. Right. So, so, so unless Which is kind of the way we've talked about it the whole the draft. time. Yeah. And I would just add, like, unless there's – they are drafting potentially in a position where if they love somebody, they could get them. The thing I was told also last night right, so. is that keeping Derek, if they can't land Tom, it's much easier than to just try to win next year, use those picks on sweet players. Like take a receiver yeah. and a linebacker, 12 and 19, and then you just get two starters. Abram comes back, Josh Jacobs. So you got four first-round starters the last two years with some other you know pieces in free agency. You're like, well, could we compete for a wild-card spot? With Derek, you know, have a season mm-hmm. like 32 touchdowns, 10 picks, something like that. You know, just play like a solid starter on a playoff team. But their defense, I, I saw Mayock said, our defense sucks. Needs to get a lot better. And then someone told me last night, you can put it in stone. They're drafting a wide receiver with one of those first two picks. And I'd counter going, 
I understand you should take a wide receiver, but your defense is historically poor, it feels like, these last this last decade. Couldn't you justify taking two defensive players with those two 12 and 19? Of course you could, but they took two defensive players last year in the first round. One of them tore Maybe they think Jonathan Abram comes back healthy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but you have to count, like, hopefully – you have to expect that guy makes your defense better you, in Gruden 2020. Had a, Gruden had a good line today about Jonathan Abram. Did you see it? No. What did he say? He said he, right now he leads the league in interviews. We need to get him back on the field. Kind of taking a shot. Like, just shut up and fucking – we need you to play, yeah, bro. Good. Lead the league in interviews. Remember, he, he told him to <laughs> shut up in front of the HBO camera. I'll say this for John. Right. He's got some good one-liners. He's got some zings. Like, he, he – What was his line about uh, fro- frozen and fried feet or something? Yeah. You had a line about Antonio Brown today. Well, I, I think it was just his receivers in general. We 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 had a, a frozen and fried freet wide receiver problem because I think uh, Terrell Williams hurt his foot. I don't think he was taking a shot at him. He was just like we had a foot problem. Might have been a knee too. Who knows? All right, so let's talk about what Albert Breer had to say about uh, Derek Carr. He, he said, John, pretty directly. He's on a month-to-month lease. And then he referenced what Mayock said, I guess it was back Tuesday, where he said, look, we are looking to upgrade. Every position is on the table. That that would not be – this is in line with kind of what the rhetoric did, and the discussion he, he, has been. He did say, though, to start that statement that he likes Derek. He actually followed that up by saying that. So it was like – saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of making fun of him. Yeah, way to really get Derek's back and then say we're trying to upgrade every position. But both things are true. I like him. I really like him. But our options are open, and that's kind of what Breer is saying. Like, I think these are – I thought Mayock's statement was reasonable, and I thought Breer is reasonable here. Like, this is kind of the way we've been talking about it for months, right? Hey, there are scenarios where he's back. There are scenarios where he's not. Is it fair to say Derek's in trouble right now, or is that too strong? Uh, Well, I mean, how do we interpret that? Like, I would say – they are open to replacing him. The 49ers are not open to replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. The Titans, uh, the Texans, excuse me, are not open to replacing Deshaun Watson. Three years ago, the Raiders were not open to replacing Derek Carr. Now they're clearly open to it. So, yes. He's, by a, that, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. By that measure, yeah. Because he is by – he's not a lock to make it to the draft. What's crazy is he's – he just as equal uh, easily could be the starting quarterback week one. That, that's what's so complicated about the situation, right? It's like Andy Dalton's not going to be the quarterback of the Browns, or I mean the Bengals, when the draft comes around. Like I'm very confident on that. Like he's gone. He's gone. Where this one, there is a lot of dominoes and moving pieces. It, it's actually the thing going for him, but I also think it's the thing that makes him so frustrated because when you're in kind of no man's land, that's where these conversations it, – we've been having these conversations for 12 months, guy. And if he – if Brady returns or goes to the Titans and all these dominoes and they don't land a guy, what's the conversation going to be? Are they going to draft a guy? Like, it's not going to stop just once free agency ends. It'll be going into the draft. And then if they don't draft a guy, I think we'll, we'll say he's going to be the starting quarterback. But he's got he, to climb two mountains or avoid two bullets. And there are two kind of dates and not – the draft is a concrete date. You either draft a guy or you don't in a two-day span, right? If you take a guy in the fifth round, I don't, that's the guy who's not beating out Derek. You take a guy in the first three rounds, who knows? Definitely the first two rounds. They don't have a second-round pick, but they could always trade up. Uh, and free agency. So those are two hurdles that that are just coming. Derek's staring right at. 
that he is in line that if one thing goes their way, if they can trade up and get a guy they love in the draft, if Brady commits to going there, if there's if they like Cam Newton or Jameis, who knows? Because you walk by some people, everyone has an opinion on Gruden when you're just BSing with them and you're like, oh, I live in the Bay. And they always ask you, like, is it? What's John? You know, or, or they start telling you their Gruden stories, and everyone's the same. He's just very hot and cold with quarterbacks. It's just it's a fact. You know, I've had, I had a couple coaches today ask me, like, what's Derek Steele? And I was like, you know, I, it's kind of all over the place. Me, as, when I value him as a player, I think he's a tad bit overrated when people use the stats to act like he's good. Now, I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's kind of properly rated, somewhere in the middle. He's not a shitty quarterback. He's not a star quarterback. He's just in the middle. Who has, where I think he gets frustrated, and I mean he is in John, is he has more talent than a lot of the way he plays. Now, you could counter if their team's not good enough and there are other factors, and it's true. It's not easy to play for John. He's played for a ton of coaches. He has not had stable stability because I was uh, – I talked to Nagy today, and I said, is Trubisky your quarterback? He didn't even hesitate. Trubisky your starting quarterback. Like, Derek, I don't think Derek's an option for him. Like, that's just not going to happen. One, they don't even have the cap space. They'd have to do some crazy things. Like, Derek Carr's not going to be on the Bears. It's cool. as I, I think that actually would be pretty cool, but it's not going to happen. And uh, Nagy's like, God, you know, I coached him at the Pro Bowl. This wasn't on the podcast, but because I just asked him about him. After he already said Mitch was his guy, he's like, I thought uh, when I was with the Chiefs, you know, three, four years ago, Derek was fucking good. I, we loved him. Veach liked him. Danny and that, liked him. And that's where, John, when we talk about him, like, that's why we think there's a market out there if it comes to that, because there are going to be a lot of coaches who coached against him or evaluated him in the draft, worked him out with some version of that story. 100%. He, he would have a trade market. But I just think who trades for him, like if Jameis got signed by the Raiders, would Arians be interested? One million percent, I think they'd trade for him. The Carolina Panthers, would they be interested? Well, their coach has been at Baylor and Temple. He wouldn't even know who Derek Carr is, you know, in terms of like the good times. He would evaluate him more on the recent times. Right, right. Would, would Indy be interested? I think there were some rumors. That's why the rumors came out, right? Indy would be a team that was interested. Then the next day, he tweets a picture of them playing Indianapolis. And it was, oh, he's just trolling. Well, the, the rumor just yesterday was the Colts might be interested in trading for him. Did, did you see that? Yeah. I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast. Either. We didn't talk about the Colts one, though. No. But that was a – did you see that rumor flying around? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's Derek's trolling specific rumors. And then yes. someone tweeted at me, like, he's just tweeting the teams he beat. Well, maybe, the, maybe he's doing it to say the teams – I beat these teams, but those are the teams he's being rumored to go to. The Chargers one I, was more just the fans, not necessarily the game action, right? Uh, the the two the Bears and the Colts were legit. You could see the fucking team he was playing. You yeah. know, it, yeah. Uh, so I I'm not as strong as him as I once was as a star player in this league, but I think we have seen enough players with his talent because you can't dispute his talent get in better situations. And I was BSing with a reporter today that covers the Chiefs, and, and we both agreed. Like, listen, Mahomes is a all-time great talent. Just his physical attributes, you watch him play one game, it's all all-time great. But the football gods gifted him in in the last 50 years if Patrick Mahomes could have played for one coach I mean on the short it, Andy might be the number one guy on that list right? You said Patrick Mahomes Andy, one coach. Yeah, or Sean Payton. It's a short list, and he got to go to that guy. I'm even talking like the like Walsh. Remember how Walsh was like huge on ball placement and footwork? Like that wouldn't have worked. <laughs> he wanted more of a technician. 
you know, even Holmgren, you watch some of those NFL films on Favre, like they had a good relationship talking about each other. Holmgren was losing it. Remember, he'd like look at Andy. He's like, what the fuck's going on? And screaming at Andy and Favre would screw up and then he'd walk away and Favre would be like, my bad, I, I screwed you there. And it was like, I, maybe they just hit it off right there. Like Andy's like, this is the type of guy I like. Yeah. He's always been searching for him and he finally got him. So who's to say that if Derek got with an Arians, I, I think that's a good example. If I told you next year Derek was with Arians, would you go, he's in a pretty good position to have a good year, right? Yes. Yep. Would you say next year if I said he can be the starting quarterback for the Raiders or the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay, what would you choose he would have a better year team quarterbacking? Tampa Bay. I agree. Because uh, Jameis was just allowed to make a lot of mistakes. Now, he made a lot of plays, led the league in passing. But Derek doesn't make that many mistakes anymore. If anything, well, that's he's what I'm saying. Guy. And I think Could you imagine Arians if they could will, yeah. build but that we've part seen out? Derek, we've seen Derek with really good wide receivers shine, Right. And Mike Evans and Godwin, that combination, and O.J. Howard, I'd say are better than anything Derek's played with. And he played with Crabtree was excellent, and Amari was good. Those guys, Mike, better than Amari. And Crabtree, Crabtree was pretty damn good. But Seth Roberts was a third wide receiver. I mean, they got dudes upon dudes. And, and, a, and a coach. Like, there's still a question. Like, one thing we know about John, he can scheme the run game. And, he, and if that's working, he can kind of get some other stuff going. But I wouldn't say he's Mr modern day throw up a bunch of points on the board right we'll see if they can get better players if he can become that but that's not really been the feel if you watch this team through two years where arians let's get into a 40 he's like andy score points all day we got to win 50 to 51 let's do it or 51 to 50 john would it's pretty clear like to me john would rather win 20 to 17 and just kind of physically like john sneaky for an offensive guy Kind of like some defensive principles, like kicking your ass, running you over. Like he's kind of old school that way. He's kind of right. like Parcelsian offensively, like his mindset of football, which maybe I wasn't thinking and doing enough research. I I just thought we were. You getting thought it like, was a little more mad scientist. So did I. I. I thought it was more like yeah, Lincoln Riley or Kyle. Like I just want to score points and score points and score points. Even Chip. Remember there was that famous clip that went viral. It was like Macklin or Deshaun Jackson or, or Brent Selleck. Like, what do you want to do here? And Skip, Chip looks at him, and this is when Chip was hot, like his first year in Philly, like, score fucking points. And it was like, oh, that's cool, you know? It was just, and he was just scoring points. Like, John's like, no, I just I want to win low scoring. Chew some clock. Yeah, I think he likes, he likes football, and he was out of it so long. He looks at it way differently than I think me, you, and just most people in football envisioned him coming back, right? Like he was just going to be just let it rip, score point. I don't know if that's really his deal. He wants to throw like short crossers. Let's talk about what uh, Albert Breer said about quarterbacks. Uh, he predicted, and it was one of those, like, it wasn't like, ah, it's going to be. He's like, ah, okay, tough question. He went with four quarterbacks in the first round. Um, there were a couple things that he said that stood out to me, but what, what was most interesting to you about what he said? Well, he said it. I saw DJ wrote it, and then I talked to him about it. I asked some questions. I, I told him this on the pod, but on the full one, it's a lock. Jordan Love's going in the first round, which to me, I, I, everyone that asked, I'm like, I'm not paying attention to that guy. No production, small school. I mean, he's just – we've known about the other three. I mean, the two has been famous now, it feels like, for three years. Burrow was so fucking good this year that – it was the most incredible year we've ever seen. It became like by the time the playoffs were starting, he was like a lock one. And Herbert was always the 
he was going to go in the first round eventually whenever he came out. This guy is, you know, he gets compared to Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen, like his physical tools. I, I, again, I, I need to YouTube him. I just, guy, he's going in the first round. He's going in the first round. So um, I'm beginning to wonder, John, listen to Albert talk, if he'll go ahead of Herbert. I think that's on the table right now. Because when he starts talking about um, Pat Mahomes and a couple teams will fall in love, that to me is all you need is one or two teams that go, you know what, we can go get this guy at 12 or 13 or 14, whatever it is. Let's go do it. Um, now, if Herbert, let's say Herbert were to go, like I've, I, I th- I've thought for a while that we'd have three quarterbacks in the top six. But I'm, yeah, I listen to Albert, and then I read what D- Daniel Jeremiah put up. Like he doesn't think Herbert's a top ten player, nor does he think he'll get drafted in the top ten. Um, and don't forget this about Herbert. And you, you, a lot of the things, everything you said to Albert was right about a supporting cast. He did have the most experienced and one of the best, if not the best, offensive line in the nation this year. So he did have that in front of him. And their run game benefited because of that. And he benefited because of that. So I do think that would be But his running backs weren't good, right? No, I understand. But I'm saying, like, okay, if he didn't have the greatest running backs, but he had the best offensive line, then that does elevate everything that happens behind the offensive line to some degree. Well, if his his left tackle was here right now, walking around the combine what would he be being talked about a top five player top 10 player right yeah he'll be he'll be the number two draft pick in 2021 i think behind trevor lawrence unless justin fields goes ahead of him but he'll be a top three pick panay sewell so he's that good that's yeah i mean it's yeah. that's everyone's talking he's a number one he will be what chase young is this year i think just the wow. n- the best non-quarter that's and i'm, the other, I'm and, no and, no but and, I've i'm no anthony thing. munoz john but <laughs> And their other linemen are good. They have By other draftable players. You know what I learned about Anthony Munoz reading Albert Breer's MMQB was that like half the league failed Anthony Hurt. Munoz's physical. Hurt in college. I didn't, I didn't know that either. Because of his knee. So, so, yeah, I mean, this Jordan now, does the fact that Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl, does that help Jordan Love or is that a non-factor? I don't know, but. Can he, I get a take? Yeah. Not a take, but a, but a theory may be the wrong word or just a thought. We're bound to get some bus, like a draft that like three of the four guys are just bus. We haven't really had that, right? Even the polarizing one, like Lamar MVP, Josh Allen starting quarterback playoff team, Darnold, the most talented of the group, is going to be fine. Even Baker, this Rosen. year was really shitty. Rosen in probably, that one, but he's the one. Yeah, he's the one. But for the last several years, like Goff, Wentz, Carr, Jimmy, there's just been a lot of guys are just all the top. You know, three-round guys are just good starters. Even Kyler, we're all like, God damn, that guy's pretty good. I wanted to – I, I walked by Cliff today. I, I He had headphones in, or I was going to say, man, I was – you and your quarterback fucking were awesome. So, I just think that – are we not bound for, like, two up, the hip's never right. Jordan Love, colossal miss, because like you said, he goes four. You know, it's just like, oh, a team trades up for him. Because back in when we were I growing see, up, to me, I see like a twelve, like a Mahomes range, like a twelve, thirteen, fourteen for him. But isn't but there used to be a lot of like the guy's never good, like the Jay Locker, Blaine Gabbert. Isn't there just a draft where we're just going to be like that guy's not good, that guy's not good, that guy's not good? Maybe Burrow, yeah. Although has the game high. just made it less likely to bust, just because. But it's, still, like a lot of these guys, like Donald was really good. Jared Goff was an extremely accurate pocket quarterback. Wentz is a physical freak and was good. 
I just think we're bound for. But I don't think we've carnage. reached the. I, I'm with you on Wentz. Like, but have we? And we have not reached the middle of the story on Wentz or on Darnold yet. I don't. We don't know. Well, quite. Darnold, I, I'm, I'm stretching it. I think Wentz has already proven he's pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Sashi Brown, Wrong. Cleveland Browns on that one. Miss, right? You're right. You're right. But the, who'd you who'd you mention? Darnold. Darnold. There, there's. I don't I'm think we're more, done yet. I'm, I mean, he's tracking to be a really good quarterback, but we're not. That's fair. Fair. You know, and Tua, like that's the other thing that was clear from what Breer said, um, is like this idea that Herbert's going to go ahead of Tua. Now, we'll find out this, but if this week passes and there's not any half the league is failing Tua's physical or half the league is concerned about his hip or they think he's got an ankle that's going to need surgery because he's got the Steph Curry ankle sprain situation going, if that's not the story this week, then he is going to be the second quarterback taken. Based on what everything we're reading and talking, like it doesn't. There, there was this little discussion after college football was done. Like, is Herbert going to be the second quarterback? It, at today, listening to this, now he hasn't even worked out yet, and he hasn't done. You know, so there's time. But that's just the way it feels right now. Based on what Albert said, is it's a clear tier one Burrow then Tua, as long as he's healthy, and then Herbert. But the momentum seems like it's there for Love. Now maybe it's artificial. I don't. It's hard to tell, but it feels kind of real. Yeah, I think it, I think it feels real because wouldn't you say like Josh Allen once upon a time there was buzz on this player coming into his season? I had heard this guy's name. Yeah, I, I think I, the I, Allen buzz was higher, but yes, this guy was the like second round version of going number one. It was like this guy's going to get drafted. Keep an eye on this guy. Could Maybe he play his way first? into the first round? Whereas yeah, Allen Josh, was already going to be a first rounder. What was Mortensen's tweet? This guy will be the number one overall pick. Well, I think it was Schefter. Schefter, one, yeah, Th- this. But I think Love was like, cut that in half. So, like, this guy's going to be the number one pick in the second round. But it was still, when you say that, we're like, yeah. okay, that yeah. could end up going seven overall. I think the thing is, like Allen, his year was so shitty. But like Herbert, you can always counter in a draft room. Well, his head coach left, Matt Wells. Well, he had eight players on offense leave, right? The, the Mountain West, sneaky, not bad. Could argue two years ago it was not that far away from the Pac-12 wasn't as good this year but it's still pretty good like it's not a joke non-power five conference right right that's where your area scout goes well fresno's got three draftable guys boise's loaded it's easier to kind of their coach they're playing with guys that look like me and you i think you can justify stuff for because the one was it albert breer's article where he wrote uh mahomes when he was coming out because the comparison to mahomes was plus 41 or plus 31 touchdown to interception interceptions and love was plus three so it's like yeah this guy was well, a that, little more productive that's the other side of the coin right is wait a second what exactly again is the mahomes comparison right like you yes. can like a guy too much because you're like oh he's just like this other guy i, I you mean the gen- you mean the generational superstar he's just like that guy <laughs> i just think when you start doing that it usually is not fair to that incoming player it happened right. in the NBA for like three years. I'm telling you, this guy is the next Draymond. And it was like Denzel Valentine, G League by December. It was like, hey, it kept happening to every guy. It's like, guys, these guys are one of a kind. They're not you started getting all these Draymond. players that popped up with like, who do they look up to? Draymond Green. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's not that different than everyone claiming Mamba mentality now. It's like, no, the point of Mamba mentality is it's a one percenter mentality. Like less than a one percenter mentality, so we can't all have mama mentality. It's yeah, there's, if there's, we all had it, it wouldn't be mama mentality. Guy, there's one snake. When you're bitten, you die. 
Like even rattlesnakes, like I can rush you to the hospital. The black mamba bites you, you're dead. It's like humans, you get bit by the black mamba, it's over. Even in the snake community, there's <laughs> the snake rattlesnakes, there's cobras, they have anti-venom. Guess what there's not? I'm pretty positive on this. No anti-venom for black mambas. It's over. You see that mouth open and it's black, it's game over. Like, All you're right. right. So, Nat Geo Middlecoff. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big snake watcher. Uh, all right, John, before we get on to one other thing Albert Breer said in the headlines, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. SimplySafe.com. That's where you go. You slash ham. It's simplysafe.com slash ham. Protect your home, protect your things, help the police. The thing about Simply Safe, John, is people are less likely to break in, but if they do something stupid, Simply Safe is there to help police catch them. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety, guy. Because I, I'm gone for the week, I dare you to try to rob me. My Simply Safe will alert me. The police will be there like that because you know why? They monitor my house 24 7. 24 7. Anyone can do it. I set it up. It's really easy. It only costs 50 cents a day, no contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system, guy. The best home security system. Plus, it's not just robbery, John. It's Simply Safe protecting your home from fires, from water damage, from carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all of that stuff. SimplySafe.com slash ham. No contracts. You'll get free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial, nothing to lose. Be sure to go to SimplySafe.com slash ham so they know we sent you. It's SimplySafe.com slash ham. Thanks for the support. All right, let's talk about what Albert Breer said. One sneaky quarterback for the Raiders, Jake Fromm. And and you said, well, I, I'm not a fan, and I think a lot of people are in the same boat with you, John. There's just you're like he could have gone arm. back to school. Yeah, I don't know what round is he projected in right now. Is he going to go ahead? He's not a top three round guy, is he? Uh, I I would say there would be a handful of teams that might have him in the third. I majority of teams four through six, I'd guess. But what was the counter? The last thing Breer said is, well, at the end of the day. He beat out Jacob Easton. He beat out Justin Fields. Now, at Georgia, they'd be like, we're cool with him beating out one of those guys. The other guy, we wish we could have Justin Fields back. But he did at the time. Like, you chose it. Yeah. I was just thinking when he said that to end, that's a great thing to end the interview with, is that a draft room is basically probably what law school is like. Just people arguing. Someone's trying to win. A lot of arguments. That is a pretty strong fucking argument in the draft room. He beat out Jacob Easton, which... He's going to get overdrafted. I'm not – hell, I might like Fromm more than Eason, to be honest with you. Jacob Eason might end up going in the second or third round. He'll probably go on the second day of the draft. And Justin Fields, if all goes well next year, which it usually does. I don't know if you've noticed at Ohio State, they're usually pretty good. He'll probably put up stupid numbers. It's probably a borderline lock top ten pick. You're going to stand up in a room and go, this guy beat out a second rounder and then an even highly touted guy, and this guy couldn't beat him on the field. Like, that happened. At Georgia, where their goal wasn't to like, you know, they're trying to win like eight, nine, eight. No, their goal the last three years was to win a national championship. They they had the players. They made three runs. They came up short all three times. Even this year came up a little shorter, but they lost a bunch of players the previous year. Chubb, Sony, uh, Roquan. Like, I, I don't care who you are. those You lose those three players. That's two running backs and that middle linebacker who Nagy loves. That's a big deal. That's a strong argument. So I, I, I'm not a fan, but I don't like weak-arm quarterbacks. I, I could see where guys that don't have an issue with weak-arm quarterbacks factor in he's smart, and I guess in theory he's accurate. Again, I, I don't do weak-arm quarterbacks, so you're asking the wrong guy. Well, maybe the question is this. is If Jake Fromm is the quarterback they take, to me that means Derek Carr is their starter yes. in 2020. 
Like that's, you know, if that's the kind of quarterback that makes sense for them, then they're not replacing Derek. There are only three guys in this draft that if they drafted, I'd go, Derek's might get traded tonight, would be Tua, assuming he's healthy. Somehow they get Burrow and Herbert. If they draft Jordan, Jordan Love is not beating out Derek Carr. What if they draft him in the first round? How is he beating out Derek Carr? Well, is he beating him out or is it just like, all right, clearly this is our guy. Let's just move forward with the guy that's going to be our guy for the future. I think you could just... Just try and win games. Yeah, and just say, Derek, suck it up. Gruden doesn't give a shit. And then the other guys, Fromm, Eason, for example, Yeah, they have no chance. Fromm has no no chance. No. Eason Eason couldn't beat Derek out. I think Fromm's better I don't think. (laughs) I don't even like Fromm. <laughs> the love one would be interesting, though, John. That one, I'm so not you th- positive. You think, you think if Jordan Love, let's use this scenario, they take uh, Star David at tw- now he won't be there at twelve. They take Jerry you know, Judy Lahaim. <laughs> that's the that's what the crowd does. They, they take a wide receiver at twelve, and at nineteen he falls. The hype was a little overhyped, and they take him at nineteen. You don't think they would just have him as a backup and Derek as a starter? So, now, Derek would not handle that well. That would be a night on yeah, look, He's just trolling as I, he's doing, like, double middle fingers. Like, no, he ain't trolling. Um, I don't or think Jordan Love would beat him out. I just want – once you draft a quarterback in the first round, I just think going with that guy's on the table. Now, the Packers did it, and they rolled it out for several years without doing it. But Andy did it for a year. Yeah, I mean, you can do it. I'm not saying you can't. I just, to me, it's not, if you draft a guy in the first round, I can't assume you're just going to redshirt him and not, just because he can't beat out your starter and not play him. Now, to your point, they're going to Vegas. They want to try and win. They should be able to win some football games. So just try and win football games and, you know, work with Jordan Love and, you know, you can promote him for the next year and try to have a good year from Derek. And then if you want to trade him, trade him. And here's, if Jordan Love stinks, then you keep Derek after that. You know, I don't know. But here's one thing I know is that they're probably tonight or maybe tomorrow, they're meeting with the quarterbacks, the interviews. Actually, it's probably today. Uh, they throw Thursday. Yeah. Well, so they're probably talking to him on Wednesday. They are, like to me, Joe Burrow, like they're not getting him. Even Tua, probably a stretch. I think their interviews with Herbert and Love are pretty serious. Just in the sense, you don't know how the draft's going to play out. Could, a guy could fall. I think it's like, is this guy smart enough to handle? But if somehow one of them falls to 12, which highly unlikely with Herbert, but still, n- you never know. The draft's weird. I think we think sometimes, and I did think, I think I thought three quarterbacks going in the top five. Then I come here, I'm like, ah, uh, Herbert going to tumble like a rock? <laughs> you know, you just you get these <laughs> new thoughts in your head. I just... I think Herbert, you could easily justify getting rid of Derek, even though that might not be the right move that year one, but he's played a lot. I think the Jordan Love, I think you just keep Derek. Now, Derek, we agree on this, would not handle that well, right? He ain't mentoring. I, I just think that would be very weird. You agree there? Yeah, it would be weird. Weird in the sense of, like, not, not healthy. They yeah. wouldn't be a healthy room. And it's one thing to, like, we're just getting our guys to compete. You know, he just put a little put a little fire to their ass. And this one's just like Derek turns his back on the guy. It'd just be weird. It, it would be. You, you think LeBron has passive aggressive tweets? Fucking get ready. It'd be. It'd be. Do you know what it'd be? It'd be like a tweet the night of the draft. 
of like his the last time he played Utah State in college, he'd probably beat him by like fifty. And it'd be him like doing a double slam of the ball with Devontae, like on the Utah State logo. It'd be like, oh my God. And, and, and then and then like David would say, Well, it's just it's actually a tweet about Devontae. It's Devontae's birthday. It'd be like, mm-hmm. oh my God, we're not believing any of this shit. It'd be something like that. Yeah. Or it would be, be a, a it would be a Photoshop of Kevin Love blocking a Michael Jordan shot or something. I don't something, no, something it, play on names. I think it would it might be a collage. Of like the last thirty years, I I would imagine Fresno State's beat Utah State twenty eight of them. Like yeah, every the bad one, the one was 06, I know that. But they hadn't lost to them in forever, right? Yeah, that was the only one of the year for Utah State. And they hadn't beat Fresno State in however many years, or was that San Jose State that year? Uh, probably both. Yeah. So I just think it would it would be something about Fresno shitting on Utah. It'd be you'd get off to a rocky start. It's already rocky just thinking about it. It's it's not possible. But I don't think Druden thinks like that and doesn't care. It is time for headlines. What do you got? I got a quick thought. I'm glad this doesn't happen, but I'm a little shocked that it hasn't happened. That like TMZ or someone like that would just send a guy with a fucking camera phone to Indy for three or four days. And just he goes out from 8 o'clock at night till 3 in the morning just taping some shit. And even if you're just like guys taking shots and stuff. You know what it makes me I do think, think the bo- is that a lot of what the, sorry, cut you off. Keep going. Well, I was just gonna say it makes me think that a lot of what TMZ, not all, clearly not all, but a lot of what TMZ gets is what people want them to get of them, made to look like they don't want them to get it. Yeah, or it's stuff that gets sent to them by other people. But like the TMZ cameras, a lot of that stuff is just point posted up on Rodeo, and people just, or at the airport where you know someone's landing because you've been tipped good, off. Good point. That I'm, my agent said, you know, um, but a lot of the crazy shit, it's just them paying people who video it for just random people and send it to them. Like, yeah. I think TMZ is just, it, you know, like a lot of the stuff they're getting is what people want them to get. But you're right. Like, how is there not just a lot of random? Some dude has a reservation at the restaurant with everybody, takes film, and there's Mike Vrabel taking shots with Middlecoff. Well, someone had a good point. Like, maybe Indy is the perfect place for this place. Totally, man. For this event, because, like, how can I, I'm at dinner last night? I look over Bruce Arians, and it, it hit me like, remember he took over for Chuck Pagano, who was the head coach here. You know who was sitting at his table? Chuck Pagano. I was like, this guy did have a pretty historic moment here. He got sick. He came back. He led him to the playoffs a couple times. He just he didn't it didn't work out. But he's a pretty he's a great human. Everyone likes him, and no one's even bugging him. And it's like downtown Indy. Imagine if like it's I know it's different. But, like, Jim Harbaugh was just eating in the marina. Don't you think a lot of people would, like, be fucking with him a little bit? Or at least, like, go over to him? Maybe not, like, yeah. actively asking for But I just think a lot of people would be staring at him. It didn't even feel like anyone even you, noticed you this could, guy. Yeah, for, you could for, argue the, L.A. California there's so many be, star yeah. people. It's true. I don't know. But I do think if this thing went there, these guys would go to the sweet spots in L.A. at night, and there would be cameras there, right? If all the NFL head coaches were out. If, like, Mike Vrabel, you know, I'm trying to think, like, Bill O'Brien and Doug Peterson, these guys were just, even if they're just going to a bar, normal people go out to eat and drink. Like, it's not an unnormal thing to do. Like, these guys are humans, but I just, there's no one never films them or anything. It's, it's kind of crazy, guy. Would it be harder for all those people or easier in the Pacific time zone? Like, what makes, what makes, for the individuals involved, 
It's probably would be hard. It'd be easier, right? Because like right now, prime time. The time is the time. Yeah, you're right. It'd be done earlier. Because you. I'm just talking about like late night. Wake up now that it's like a TV primetime event. Well, it's from four, so it's one o'clock Western Pacific till yeah, eleven exactly. o'clock at night. So one to eight. So it would be better on the West Coast for yeah. them for that purpose. But but I think once the workouts start, these guys are kind of shot. Like I don't think that the going out kind of ends tonight. Like it's over. Headline: uh, Chick Chick Fil A Chick Fil A a good recovery food. Yeah, I go number one. Which and, is, uh, is that extra, the, the crispy? A, no, just the regular Chick-fil-A the sandwich. Oh, no, okay. the just classic. Chick-fil-A yeah, sandwich. Yeah. The classic Chick-fil-A sandwich. The grilled no is such a, you know, I've done it, and it's like, what am I even doing here if I'm getting the grilled chicken? Well, I do get the grilled chicken if it's like a weekday and I'm like trying to be healthy, but if I'm hungover, I'm going the normal Chick-fil-A sandwich, crisp cut fries, and an extra three-piece. Just so I get some more chicken. I love it. And it did the job. I feel much better. Um, all right, I got I got a couple headlines for you, John. I'll start with um, this one. This is not a, a piece of news that other people will have noticed, but I got a DM on Instagram from Jeremiah Bollinger. Bollinger, Bollinger. Sorry, Jeremiah, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name. And he sent me a screenshot of a DM with you. And he said, is John stealing my takes for the podcast? He claims he's the guy that came up with the Browns being a destination for Eric Armstead. He, he, he wrote, Niners franchise Armstead and trade him to the Browns? Not sure if the Niners would do that. Now, he did say for OBJ, this is not a middle class. And then you said, Browns, new D.C. is a Niner guy. That's not crazy. So was that Jeremiah's take or was that your take? Let's settle this. Well, the, the OBJ thing. Yeah, I just my, my take that's, was that's just his ta- take. Yeah, well, my, I never said it for trade him for OBJ. I just said tag and trade. No, no, that's what the guy. Like, that's what Jeremiah said. The OBJ. He's saying the brown the Browns is an Eric Armstead destination. He thinks he planted that seed in your head. Yeah, but his take was for Odell Beckham. I just used the Browns right. because they have the defensive coordinator for a pick, and their pick was relatively so, high. So yeah, maybe he got so me. My, thinking, I, I, I'm not afraid to. Yeah. yeah, maybe he did. I don't know. Fuck, I hear a million things no, every my, day. No, he, he actually, he's not mad about it. My ruling is that, uh, like, so, this is the beauty of social media, is you, it's, you just, it, 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 it plants little seeds, it waters little seeds, and together, <laughs> you know, we can grow beautiful ideas. Why, why, can we agree just we're a tree together now, or a flower together? It was just a combined idea. Yeah, well, Jer- okay, Jeremiah, how about this? listener of the pod, he's part of this. What would you rather do for the Niners? Straight up Eric Armstead for OBJ, or... Trade Eric Armstead for pick forty-one. Pick forty-one. Because <laughs> I don't think I, I I don't think it's a yeah I do too cheaper, not a headache. Then you'd Imagine have pick thirty-one like and ago, forty-one. A year ago, I, I, uh, you know, we were talking about trading number th- the second pick for him. I, I'm just not fucking with him, guy. I'm not. I'm with you. You know what's funny? We've learned. We've is that last last night I was talking with buddies about Antonio Brown was the best wide receiver in the league, and you could argue he still would be if he was playing. DHB was like, God, just talking about how good he was. Like, just how good that guy was. Yeah, he is available. You know, could you get 41 and then sign Antonio, or is he unsignable? unsignable. He actually, I remember, it's kind of coming to my mind last night after some drinks. Uh, getting a little less foggy. Antonio Brown is getting talked about. 
I mean, by people like me. Like, why don't someone get him back? He's so good, you know? But it's not going to happen. Uh, okay, I, I read a Charlie Casserly mock draft. He has Justin Herbert going six overall <laughs> to the Chargers. I bring it up not because it's Charlie's, but just because for all the talk, and we'll see everyone's breaking down Herbert, Emmanuel Acho was going off on ESPN how he wouldn't touch him because they asked Herbert if he could play in the NFL right away, and he said, I don't know. It's like, whatever. Uh, Can I we think mute Emmanuel I, Acho? <laughs> to, yeah, God, I'd like to. I think Herbert's going to the I do think Herbert's going to the Chargers at six, provided nothing weird happens with Tua and he goes to the Dolphins. I think that's where he ends up. In his mock draft, where did he have Tua going? To five? To the Dolphins? Yeah. Yep. Um... Yeah, I can see that. You you, you want to hear a little juicy little juicy nugget that Middlecoff mm-hmm, heard from some sources that know some sources that do not just set in stone the Redskins not taking a quarterback. That Dwayne Haskins was not liked by many people in the NFL when he came out. Remember, there was like it was kind of weird. It's like was he for sure going to even go in the first round if Dan Snyder didn't fall in love with him? And then he goes, and then this year he's not good. Slash rumors are he's lazy. Like, doesn't work hard. When you think Ron Rivera, he'd rather have someone that looked like Guy Haberman that ran fucking 100 million miles an hour through a wall than a guy that looked like Khalil Mack that was lazy. He, I mean, he despises those type guys. I, I've just heard from a credible source that knows some sources that it's, it's in play. Like, they are legitimately doing their due diligence on quarterbacks. Wouldn't you say that would shake up the draft if, like, yeah, Burrow, and then the Redskins just Tua or Herbert or just whoever they liked. That would be like holy shit. Then the Dolphins yeah, and Chargers would be a little would be kind of fucked, right? They would have right. to immediately trade up to Detroit, right? Then Detroit actually would be in a pretty good position. It would like, be a great spot it? for Detroit. Would you take Chase yeah. Young or trade back? Because they are desperate for uh, a pass I, rusher. Detroit. I would take Chase Young again. If, if we say you get, if I told you. We think he's Nick Bosa. I'd be like, give him to me. If you think Dwayne Haskins suck, and someone told me last night and it made sense, that like, well, look what the Cardinals just did. Like, Cliff didn't want Josh Rosen, and he kind of was proven right. So if you think one of these guys is way better than Dwayne Haskins, you didn't pick him. Now, the the elephant in the room is Dan Snyder was the reason the guy's on the team. But did you see Rod Rivera said, like, it's been a joy working with Dan so far? I just saw, I didn't see him say it live. I just saw the headline. It's like, everyone's like, God, this, how long is this going to last? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, why wouldn't they take a quarterback guy? Ron just had a front row seat to how important a franchise quarterback You're is. You're right. Brand new, brand new staff. They got no allegiance. As long as, hell, you know what? Now that I think about it, now that you say it, if you're Ron Rivera in the interview, one of the questions you ask is, okay, Dan, you love this guy. Am I tied to this quarterback or will do I have the freedom to draft a quarterback if I want to? If I was him, I would 1 million percent take Tua Herbert and kick Haskins to the curb. And here's the other thing, John. I got to think, given the Cam- Cam's injuries, that Carolina, because the Washington's offensive coordinator was in Carolina with, with Ron, I got to think yeah. they evaluated quarterbacks last year, particularly guys that were mid to late first round picks, right? The, the, I've got to think they evaluated they 1 million percent did. Yes, they did. So they have a, they have a real opinion on Twain Haskins. That's a that's a great point there, guy. Thank you. You know what? Um, I got a I got a headline for you. Yeah, hit me. I, I see Andy Reid yesterday. You know the first thing he says? 
Huh. Is it true? Are the Warriors really going to get Giannis? That's the first thing he says. <laughs> I, I guess that started making it. I think he's a Laker fan. But, like, I could tell he was like, this isn't really true, is it? Because Colin was going off, and there have just been, you know, it's yeah. in the Bay Area circles, like Tim and people have been writing about it forever. Like, he's the guy. They've, been, they've had him spotted forever. You know, the targets, there's a target there. You, right. Wiggins, multiple picks. If Giannis was, Tom, out, was Marcus the first person to write about that? Maybe Tim. I mean, that was like three years ago, like when he's got four years left on the deal. Yeah, maybe it was Tim. But it, they're at the point now where it's like you kind of believe it if it once it gets out there, right? It's like could they? <laughs> it is believable. I'm t- the look in his eye was like he kind of like so yeah, I could see it. So Andy Reid's afraid that the Warriors will get Giannis as a Laker fan. Yes. Yes. Wow. Do you think that Giannis ends up at the Warriors? I mean, uh, well, I think it's real. I think it's a real possibility. Well, if he doesn't sign the two hundred fifty million dollar extension when they offer it to him when the season ends, it's clear he ain't going to be there, right? I, yeah, I just think like somebody tweeted out. I don't know if it's today the uh, the anniversary of like Steph hitting of that crazy Steph game at OKC. Is that why that's been around the internet today, where he hits the crazy deep shot? Oh yeah, after yeah, yeah. He had, turned his ankle and left the game like people forget how he left the game in the third quarter for like 10 minutes um but i you know you watch that and you're like that's right i think people are i i do think people have forgotten just how special steph is not just because he's been hurt but more so just because of the time we've talked about it that having kd it just it dampened steph shine a little bit and steph that's what makes steph a great teammate i think people forget how great he is. And on top of that, he and Clay and Draymond are elite, they are elite level teammates. Like playing with them is not the same as I'm friends with some other guy and we can play together. That is not the same as playing with guys who you don't know but have proven proven now that Kevin's on another team and we haven't seen him play on the other team, but we just see him gone. They've proven to be elite level teammates. Kevin left and they all treated him with respect anyway. Like I just don't know how you could have a pitch as good if the Warriors make a pitch to you and you're taking pitches. How do you not choo- how do you not choose that pitch? You choose well, that pitch. Well, here's what I think happens. My if if it if he what if he doesn't sign the extension, I would imagine he doesn't Anthony Davis. You tra- and this is how the NBA works. This is not the NFL. Like Odell's like, I want to play in LA Niners or 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 New England. And Gettleman's like, you're going to the Browns. <laughs> That's just not how the NBA works. Giannis would be like, I'm going to, I want to play with Luka or Steph. That's it. Trade me one of those two teams. And so I don't understand why this always happens. They just trade him to one of those two teams. Anthony Davis was like, yeah, I'm either going to the fucking Knicks or the Lakers. Those are my two fucking options. And they do it. They always capitulate. It, 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 it baffles me. I actually talked a lot of basketball with Andy. Uh, Andy. And we were talking about even the Warriors, like how the guys get hurt and they just disappear. It's like, Steph, you got a fucking broken hand. They haven't seen you in three months. They're maybe like $40 million. I could just see on Andy's face, like, yeah, it's, it's a different world in that sport, you know. Like, I just, our guys listen when I tell them what to, like, if I want you here, you come. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah they, Ste- Steph's they gone kind, like he's got an ACL. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they kind of get to dictate the rules, you know. It's just a different world. But I think if the Warriors did get him, it would be because, he doesn't sign, and he drops a, I want to go to Golden State. And then they, it forces their hand. Now, I, 
you would think a team eventually is going to be like, fuck you, I'm just going to trade you to the best trade. Because there is a chance someone could offer way more than the Warriors, right? But who knows? Like, would the Warriors yeah. sweeten her with, like, Draymond? Because I'd think about it. How about my other favorite headline today, John? This probably is my favorite headline today. Is like NBA people demanding that weed become a legal substance in the NBA, as if everybody like I think the Tom Haberstroh story with Monty Poole was eighty percent of the league smokes, and we've talked about this before. The coaches, including coaches, uh, but like yeah, I mean I okay, Act, fine. acting like it's the but acting like it's the NFL policy. Yeah, like like you tweeted, who's been suspended for this? <laughs> Someone was like Dion Waiters. Was Deion Waiter suspended for fucking smoking weed, or did he overdose in the back of a plane and they couldn't wake him up and they hate him? Like, let's let's not act like Pat Riley suspended him because he was smoking a joint behind the behind the trash can outside the United Center. You know, he overdosed in a plane, was like slobbering and couldn't move. They had to get the ambulance to come pick him up. Like, I, I'm sorry, that's do you count that as a weed suspension? And the league no, didn't suspension. The team kicked posi- him out. No, it wasn't a positive test. S- some someone someone forwarded me something like, "Well, Lamar Odom." Well, I don't. I, I think if we did some research, Lamar Odom was probably suspended for a little more than a joint or an edible. <laughs> I, you're right. I mean, my, I was. I had a much worse tweet to quote it, and I erased it. I'm like, I don't. Want, I'm trying to not be as negative guy on Twitter anymore. But Kevin, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever read. You guys smoke like chimneys. No one cares. You're all high. There's a there's a famous NBA podcast right now, Up It Smoke, where those guys have talked about how during their careers, them and other teammates played games high all the time. Like players in the NBA, every night we watch are high. No one cares. Just hoop. You guys smoke, Kevin. Like just keep smoking. They don't fucking. T- they, you, who's testing you? They're gonna uh, suspend the Kevin Durant quote. for. A- <laughs> Harrington estimates over seventy percent of athletes in all major smokes uh, sports smoke. But they're not alone. I think it's that big. Not only the players, the coaches, the owners. So, yeah. I mean, I've talked about it. I know. I've talked to baseball players about it who've told me you just our travel schedule alone because of the number of games. You play late. You have to. You're in a different time zone. You play the next day again. you got to fall asleep. A lot of baseball players, for that reason, smoke weed. But NBA is about as loose with it as anybody. Loose. I don't even. It might exist on paper. It does not exist in reality. <laughs> Right, like you can't you can't tell me that they truly test for weed. Like the NFL, that's a legitimate problem. Two guys get suspended for weed a lot, right? If if that like if a player if Richard Sherman had quoted that, like that we need to end this. It'd be like, yeah, he's got a point. I'm sorry, Kevin. Like you you guys fucking complain about more things that aren't actual reality. Like, are you guys this unhappy? Like, why, are you just trying to be unhappy to be unhappy, Kevin? You five hundred million dollars, you can get high all day long. You they wouldn't suspend you. You could dangle Adam Silver off a building and say, suspend Kevin Durant for weed. He would say, drop me, before he would say yes. So give me a fucking break. The, the NBA guys, they wear me out, guy. With their, their headlines on stories are ridiculous. All right, I got two more uh, headlines for you. you have any more? Uh, no. I've been trying to get my middle call on the combine. I'd be lying if I said I did any uh, research for this. I didn't write any. No, down. it's fine. These are not even. Uh, so I got two more. I've been trying to get my middle cough on while you're at the combine. Uh, so here's two more headlines for you. Okay, talk to Joel Klatt. He says that uh, 
Steve Sarkeesian to Colorado was as close to done as being done without being done as you could possibly have it. That Sark was done to see you until Alabama came back to him. So there's that's just one quick one. We don't would have been interesting. It would have been got a take on that. Got a little inside information. You want to give hear my take? Yeah. On why he didn't go. One thing is Sark thought about it. He said the risk of going to a place like Colorado, that's clearly for being a great place that everyone raves about, not an easy place to win. He has a couple of five, six win seasons. He'll never be another head coach again. And just seeing the way Lane did it, who knows if he can get a better job if they win a couple more years, whether he takes over Alabama or not. Just who, you know, what if you get the UCLA job? I don't know. But just a job that he views as better and more equipped to have a chance. And, right. and guy, an, uh, an assistant coach yesterday told me that knows Sark well, the money, Sark makes a million dollars, and they were going to pay him like two and a half. So he's like, it's not like he was getting a huge raise given the risk mm. for his career. The other thing with him, the more and more years that pass, the less and less likely it looks like Dabo Sweeney is just the automatic replacement to Saban. Maybe there's a part of this that's like, look, this is a good place for me. At some point, Nick's going to have to retire. If we keep winning, maybe I can be the next coach at Alabama. I think that's got to be. He'll be as in good position as anybody if they're rolling and he's the offensive coordinator there. One thing that hit me last night when I was out at the bars, when people go out to drink in a social situation, they usually gravitate toward the opposite sex as the more and more cocktails. I gravitate to people that I know have juicy rumors. I geeked out. I see him over here. He just reminded me of Bruce Feldman. I mean, I, I talked to him oh, for like yeah, 20 yeah. minutes, going through like every program, stuff. every sweet player, every quarterback. The shitty part is I was drunk. I don't really remember most of it. But but I do remember talking about Dabo, and he's like, Dabo became Nick in this place. Why? Yeah. What, what is the point? Like, he is right. Nick. Like, it's, right. he makes huge money. They are kicking the shit out of everyone. The conference is it. way easier. It's his baby. He doesn't need to go. It's not – you could argue it's it's equally lateral. Like, wh- how is Bama any more powerful right now than Clemson? Bes- I'm, beside the fact that, like, Clemson beat him or whatever, I'm just saying, like, just the power of the program. You just say they're equals. I, I, wouldn't you put, like, your power five just of top programs in the country right now and spe- would be Ohio State, Bama – you could say it's like a big three. Ohio State, Bama, Clemson. Yep. You could argue like George LSU right there too. I would. Uh, yeah, you could argue LSU there too. But you could feel you could feel good just power three those three. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, you know, like a little tier below. I'd forgotten this, John, until I just heard you talk. Couple, the other night, went to dinner, had a couple gin and tonics, and as I'm falling asleep, I get so many good thoughts as I'm falling asleep that all get forgotten. I thought, what about Saban doing like a retire? Saban, let's say Saban retires. And then, um, you know, three weeks in, he realizes this is not for me. I need to get a job. Because I could see Saban retiring and then coming back. He's old, though. I know. To USC. L.A. makes you a star. Return US- I mean, returning USC to glory would be one of the all-time college football. I, again, this was just two gin and tonics and a, and a falling asleep Haberman. I, I two had, gin and tonics goes a long I way had with someone your boy. one time telling me, you, there's nothing like a good some alcohol or definitely an edible to get that mind working. That Nick Saban laughs at the West Coast, the way they think about that, stuff. But, but John, the, wouldn't that be a re- like you could if you're that guy? Don't you look at it like an opportunity to come dominate? I, I don't think Nick Saban does not look at like Los Angeles like most people do. I, I think that has zero appeal you, to him. You become such a star, guy. He is. He'll a be star. such a star. 
be such a bigger star. A star. Okay. No. But 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 John, uh, uh, you, uh, uh, Plashke will write about him. Okay. Yeah. Last one. Uh, Brady. So I talked to Brady Quinn today. He gave God, me. I, he, he's a good looking guy. He made me guy, think yeah. of something. He is. Uh, two things. One, he said watching 2018 film of Love reminds Kevin? him. He's no the quarterback. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I want to say Bryce, but Jordan, right? Yeah, Jordan. He sees some similarities to Mariota, and he thinks he thinks a few teams will just fall in love with him. Now he wasn't like he just he took, he meant in terms of just the smoothness and athleticism. He thinks he's just a smoother thrower than Herbert. Um, he said he thinks Eason. He said the problem for Eason, he's a pocket passer coming into a league that doesn't value pocket passers. It's you're at a disadvantage if you're just a big pocket passer. Sitting at dinner. You know who someone, uh, Bruce Arians was there, and we're just going through players. I'm trying to make mental notes of all my buddies that have done all this work on these guys. And I, we, Eason comes up, and one of them looks at Bruce, and he's kind of looking the other way and points at him. He's like, that would be the guy that falls in love with him. It's like, Oh, yeah. interesting. It's like, yeah, that kind of makes some sense, doesn't it? Big arm. He Kind of Carson Palmer. I mean, nowhere near as talented or as is the player Carson was. But maybe Bruce goes, I can kind of mold that. And then last take for you, we'll see Thursday. We'll see what Brandon Ayuk runs. We've talked about him, the ASU receiver. I talked to a buddy around ASU who thinks he's more expl- he's faster and more explosive as like a jumper and just an attacker of the football than Nikhil Harry was. That's um, a bold prize, guy. And here's the thing I thought, listening to my buddy talk about him, is, you know, who's at ASU, John? Herm Edwards is the head coach. Antonio Pierce is there. Marvin Lewis is there. There may not be an easier player to get an assessment on if you work in the NFL than Brandon Ayuk or anyone coming out of ASU just because of those three guys. If you're those guys, you have a motivation to get a guy drafted really high in the first round. But beyond that, I do think they'll just tell you the truth. Those don't. I don't think like Herm, AP, and Marvin are not lying to their friends about Brandon Ayuk. So if he is good, he could be a guy that a lot of people like if they just have talked to any of those three guys or all three of those guys. Mike unique, Mayock, he's got some unique guys in his corner if they're in his corner. Mike Mayock calls Guy Haberman. They're on the clock. Pick 19. He says, we're going to pick one of these two wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk or LaVisca Chennault. Who does GM Guy Haberman this, take? LaVisca Chennault. Yeah. Who am I talking to is part of the question. Um, because no, what, what, what player you want for the next seven, eight years? People uh, love LaVisca. I mean, I they know. think he's sweet. He is sweet, man. And, like, he can do a lot. Like, to me, did you see his thing where they asked him um, wh- what NFL combine? team? Yeah, like what NFL team or who he likes, whatever. And he said the Niners because of the way they use Debo Samuel. I don't think he'll be there. No. I mean, like, I think. But to me, Kansas might, City, M- Sean McVay, Kyle, Andy, like those are people that I would have. If he ends up, I would take Laviska in those scenarios. If you just if you just tell me random team and who's your receiver to run down the field and go catch the football, I'd probably take uh, Brandon Ayuk. You know what's funny is like you talking to Veach, you're like, yeah, you know, we you got to get some, you know, linemen, more offensive linemen, you know, linebackers, just your typical like football guy. Like we got to build through the middle. You go into coach's room. What, what position do you think Andy was watching? Receiver, you receive back. receivers, all the receivers. I was just like, they can't help themselves, you know. Because someone said last night, like, you know, Gruden, they should take a linebacker in the first round. 
but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Gruden just takes two wide receivers. Like, I can't fault these guys. Like I do too. I mean, receivers are so fun. Like how just you like you always said, you could draft fucking Joe Staley or Anthony Munoz, it, 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 that guy be, become a staple of your franchise. But on draft night, it sucks. It, it really like McGlinchey. We've talked to him. He's awesome, great guy. It's not the sexiest pick. That pick was kind of cool just because of the implications it had with the Raiders. But anytime right. you take, you draft LaVisca Chanel, or last year, like the Patriots took Nikhil Harry. Like, that's just like, whoa! You know? It's sweet. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It's, I never blame a coach. They're the fun players to watch, running back to receivers. Like, watching a corner is not that fun. Watching receivers just never gets old. But it's just like, and he's got more receivers falling out of his team. And it's like, he just can't help himself. Well, the worst is when you take a corner and he's just getting burned all the time. Now that's like a young corner, unless he's Dion, doesn't get talked about unless he's Eli Apple. And it happens a lot, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's just like, oh, Marcus Lattimore's. I don't know, he, Marcus Lattimore's good, but uh, I'm trying to think. There have been some guys that have just not been good that have been drafted in the first round in the last decade. Well, the Eli yeah. Apple is the first one that comes to my mind. He actually kind of resurrected his career, though. You know, in New Orleans, to, but he, he just happened to be in New York, drafted really high. His mom was making headlines. It was just a crazy. But, like, when he's really – remember uh, the Bama kid Milner, the Jets took in, like, the top D? ten? And, yeah. and by, like, the th- seventh game, it was like, uh, this guy can't play. And then you just watch you guys fly by him. You're like, holy shit. We use a seventh pick on a guy. The guy just fly by. Are you going to wear an like, N9? going to wear what? I was just going to finish by asking if you're going to wear an N99 mask on your flight home. Would you wear a mask at the uh, at the airport right now? I was at the airport recently. A lot of people were wearing masks. I did not. I'll be flying next week. I'm not planning on a mask. What would it take for you to wear a mask to fly? <laughs> I don't know. It's like my dad used to say. The irony, the best thing is everyone else wears masks, and I don't need one. My dad used to say, like, he was always so mad why Shaq didn't shoot underhand because – that was back when what's his name uh, Rick Barry had a radio show, yeah. And he was always be I guess talking about it on KMBR. Like I could teach Shaq how to shoot under him. My dad could never understand. He's like Rick Barry's so right. He could teach him how to shoot ninety percent. He'd be the most unstoppable player ever. And Shaq's always deal like no fucking way. I'm not doing that. It looks terrible. And that is basically why I would never wear a mask. I would just never succumb if I'm going to get a little corona. I mean Gavin Newsom will save me. He claims so I, I'm okay. All right. On but, that note, see ya later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.